Hey everybody, we were once called Final Frontiers. Now we are Here Come the Warm Gents. We're still talking about Alias, still the only people that are on the internet talking about Alias, and so far we have not yet been sued, Warm Gents or otherwise. So stay tuned and have a good listen. is on you we sp- you you just you were speaking into the side that's the microphone side yeah awesome yeah <laughs> i'm using the microphone as uh intended it's symmetrical how the fuck should i know episode 22 we nail using microphones at last yeah hey internet welcome to final frontiers the internet's first and only alias podcast i'm matthew and this is mitchell today we are talking about the season one finale episode 22 almost 30 years Written and directed by J.J. Abrams. Ah. How excited are you? I'm pretty excited. I'm so excited. It's the end of season one. There's some payoffs, some layoffs. Layoffs? Or... What the yeah. fuck does that mean? I don't know. I'm uh, assuming some people got laid off a crew, those fucking loafers. Well, they, they get the summer off, probably. Yeah, and it stays. They say, take the summer off and keep it that way. That's how they, that's how they fire you. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Hollywood, it's such a rough business. See, those people have kids, too, you know. A hundred kids. Uh, each. Netflix summary, Vaughn and Sydney must destroy a Rambaldi artifact to save Will. Jack makes a deal with Mr. Sark, and the Alliance decides the fate of Emily Sloan. Wikipedia summary, same as the TV Guide summary. In order to save Will's life, Sydney and Vaughn must destroy a familiar-looking Rambaldi device, while Jack makes a risky deal with Kazanov's representative, Mr. Sark. Meanwhile, the CIA believes that one of their own is a mole for the man. The Alliance comes to a decision regarding the fate of Emily Sloan, Dixon's suspicions about Sydney intensify, and Sydney finds herself face to face with the man. <laughs> Emphasis on man. The man. I think for season two, I have one prediction. Yeah. Uh, no idea. But I think that Sydney should stop describing her father as someone she hardly knows. Yeah, I think she's finally gotten to know him pretty well. I think she has, but yeah. she won't admit that. Like, she even asks him, Look, I don't know you that well. Do you have any friends? <laughs> I made that note immediately, and then I'm like, well, she's he- she's still saying in the episode that she doesn't know him that well. I guess you could know someone better and still not know them as well as you could possibly know them. Sure, but I don't know. She knows him at least as well as I know my dad. Does, Does my she... dad have any friends? I don't know. Do you like, are you just going to bars at 2 p.m. being like, Dad, put down the scotch and soda. It's 2 p.m. My dad could be a double agent. Yeah. I have no idea. My dad could uh, have been in the... Stage production of Sweeney Todd. Yeah, the original Broadway cast of Sweeney Todd. My dad could have, he could be on that show The Flash or whatever. All of these things are possible. Is Victor Garber on The Flash? Yeah. Oh. And he's damn good in it, too. What else could he be other than damn good? That's how I feel. Yeah. All right, so uh, the quick recap. Will's in the CIA safe house. Sark comes in, shoots him with a tranquilizer. We now know. He just wanted a fucking burger, man. <laughs> what the hell? And apparently, son as, of a bitch. As we soon find out, he shot everyone with a tranquilizer. Yeah, which I feel like I knew. You were like, "Yeah, that's tranquilizer." I wasn't convinced. I was like, "It could have been a, a live round," you know. Yeah, back in the real world, the civilian world, Francie's—is she dropping out of school to open a she restaurant? Like a restaurant, yeah, in Silver Lake or some bullshit. But is she dropping out of school to do it, or is she already just making plans? I, I mean. I, 
uh, to own a restaurant and operate it, the, your MBA would come in handy. I'm it assuming. It seems yeah. like it, but she's most of the way there. I mean, when you own or own or open a restaurant, I'm assuming you're not doing the day to day cooking because that's like you hire chefs and you manage inventory and staff and all the hassles. Yeah. This is a different podcast yeah. where we talk about how to run a restaurant. How to run a restaurant. How pretty are Sydney's pajamas? I made that uh, that note while sort of half asleep, drunkenly watching this episode. It's like, oh, look at her, look at Sydney's beautiful pajamas. Oh, I totally didn't notice. I'm sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> you're a philistine. They yeah. were fantastic pajamas. Sydney, her little first little mission, she has to meet Sark at an alleyway in Taipei to exchange the Rambaldi page and ampule that the. Uh, she and Jack, they say SD6 has the ampule and CIA has the page. But in reality, in reality, in the show, it's uh, <laughs> it's the opposite. The CIA has the ampule, which, uh, where does Jack steal that from? He just gets it from like a room? Probably well, the same place where the, all their files are, are carried, yeah. like in like a, a waist high uh, filing cabinet. <laughs> That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. And the Rambaldi page is in uh, an underwater lake storage facility for sd6 yeah it's a pretty uh metal gear solidy little scene yeah jack he's certain the cia has a mole so he's like we're doing this on our own we can't involve vaughn or yeah the sad old man with the pen which he does kind of doesn't he kind of stick it to him he's like yeah i'm taking the ampule don't worry i'll bring it back <laughs> that's like a a thing that he says what's well, uh it's one of the, the friends that sydney doesn't know about he's just like i mean you're your friend right just just trust me, I'm doing this. I think he says that later on. And on the SD6 side, Arvin, he's rented a beach house. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very weird scene. He just he plays Natalie Merchant. Emily's hair is starting to come back. And to uh, signify, I guess, the her hair growth and her marrow growth. Yeah. That's how, uh, what's she have? Lymphoma, right? She, I thought she had bone. Is that lymphoma? I thought she had like bone cancer. I don't know. If you have lymphoma or bone cancer, please... Tweet it as at Final Frontiers or send us an email. Yeah. FinalFrontiersPod at gmail.com. Tell us how that works. So he spills the bean on SD6, which really upsets her. Yeah. When it seems like she should be like, well, yeah, whatever, it's your job. I could have, I could have, I would have liked to have heard the particulars of that conversation rather than the Natalie Merchant song. Not that, not that I, I hated the song. It was just like, I want to see what he was laying down. He's like, yeah, at the time I was doing this, that was a lie, blah, blah, blah. I murdered my friend because Edward Poole tricked me. <laughs> maybe she knew that guy. That could be. Yeah, she, maybe she knew uh, Brio. Yeah, that's possible. But it seems like you would just say, uh, well, we're not the CIA exactly. And she'd go, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. The world's complicated. And, I get it. And move on with things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriot Act of 2001. I gotcha. We're, we're all in now. And the Alliance rep, Ramon Veloso, he says... Uh, Hey, Arvin, we were going to let your wife live if she was going to die, but uh, <laughs> yeah. now that she's going to live, she has to die. We weren't going to kill your wife directly, but now that she's not being indirectly killed by cancer, uh, we got to do something about this. Arvin. Like, didn't he say the, was his name, Valencio? Uh, Veloso. He's like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, we fulfilled our part of the, the deal, which was not killing her. <laughs> she reneged on hers, which was dying. dying. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Arvin, he shoots back a counteroffer. He's like, all right, well, how about you don't kill my wife and you make me a full partner yeah. in the alliance? Hard bargainer. He, what do you say? Wrong. It's not what I want. It's what I won't. It's not what I will do. It's what I won't do. It's what I want, won't do. I'll walk the fuck out of here and you'll be in front of your stupid ass touch screen, touch screen computers with 
another less person. And the Alliance agrees. They say, all right, we agree, but you do have to kill your wife. Yeah. It's, <laughs> all right. it's a very kind of uh, stalemate sort of agreement. Yeah, Emily's dying for all intents and purposes. That's what it, appear- it appears like. Yes. All right, so... Jack and Sydney have to break into the SD6 vault to get the Rambaldi page. To do that, <laughs> yeah. they have to get Arvin's fingerprints and they have to get him to say a few code words. Yeah. Their means of getting the fingerprints, it's a shirt made of heat-sensitive material that will lift his fingerprints. So she has to get Sloane to touch her on the shoulder, which shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, he, it's he, like they yeah. took his propensity for being a little grabby. Yeah, and like they, perfect. The one thing he's going to do is just touch you. That's his style. Yeah, no boundaries. But that's okay. His wife's dying. Yeah. But no, I mean, he does no boundaries, not like in a creepy d- dad way or uncle way. He's just the slightly too handsy. Yeah, he's like, he's like an Italian guy. Yeah. Speaking of which, Jack reshaping Arvin's words made me think of just the arduous process. Of editing? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I know how you feel, Jack. Yeah, just like kind of, it's like, well, maybe if I bridge this here, it'll seem like we didn't say anything horribly offensive to yeah. anyone. And uh, he nails it. Do you now feel like an affinity towards Jack? You're like, eh, maybe he was son of a bitch, kind of absentee father, but he knows. Yeah, he, he knows, knows how to it, use audition. Yeah, it's uh, before I would say I most related either to Marshall Flinkman because of my weird body, or <laughs> uh, Will because of my movie star good looks. Uh huh. And now I'm thinking you're conflicted. Now I'm thinking Jack Bristow. I'm getting up in years. I'm just really angry about my past, and uh, I, I can edit an audio file like a son of a bitch. Yeah. By one point of familiarity with the world of Alias. The other part of it was they needed his fingerprints, and they needed a uh, facsimile of his voice. So they needed him to say, what is it, 28 phoneme, phonemes that compromise uh, the English, English language? R- yeah, 44, 88, fo- something like phone- that. Is it phonemes? That sounds oh, yeah. right. Phonemes. Yeah. He, he needs to say like children or something like that. So she's yeah. just egging him on. And he says... Uh, the three words are rule, deer, and shoes. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, why not? It was exactly as I was expecting to be like... Uh, uh, like the, Just like <laughs> everything's at a slightly different intensity of, of volume, each one of the syllables. But he makes that comment where she asks him because to get the ch sound. Mm-hmm. Of the CH. Did you ever want to have children? Yeah. I figured he was going to say choice. What did he, what, what's, did he actually eventually say child? It's like, I always thought of, I thought about it, but, uh, you know, it's difficult. But the way, um, as, as you were a part of my life, I always kind of thought of you as one of, of as my child. Hmm. And Jack's just like, son of a bitch. Like, he did it. He, he like verbally said that. I was hoping he just be like, oh, you mother, like just like blew the operation to go on there and like cuss him out. <laughs> and while this is happening, seemingly in the background, Dixon's doing his research on Sydney's code name in the South American mission, which with a name that I don't remember. Uh, Bluebird? Oh, yeah. Operation it's, uh, Magic Castle. Yeah, whatever it was. Mountain Montaña de... Uh, yeah. And yeah, Marshall Flankman sells Sydney out immediately. Yeah. Without oh. even having to... It's like, no, it was definitely Bluebird yeah. Mantis. Like, how many missions ago was that? Like, a five? Yeah. At least ten? It's been a long season. Yeah. They've grown so much as folks. Yeah. That was like five visits to the SD6 hospital ago. <laughs> and Mantis, he's on to her. He drives in like a Trans Am to the lake. Watches, <laughs> watches her... Uh, he tri- pulls up just in time for the unnecessary close-up of her torso as yeah. she's zipping up her wetsuit. She doesn't even notice... 
Yeah, she still runs. Like all of this stuff, her friend Will is uh, kidnapped, but she's still getting in those miles every day. But like, she's so bad at sleuthing. Yeah, it's like, look, there's your partner in his car. <laughs> Right over there, he. Was, I don't even think he was holding up binoculars, was he? No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't in, in like a a foolproof disguise of a Jamaican man either to throw her <laughs> off, <laughs> or a French man in his Austin Power suit. <laughs> and so she she solid snakes her way into this weird secret uh, laboratory place. Comes back out, and he's waiting for. Her, yep. And she's just like, "Hey, listen, man, <laughs> don't worry about it." And he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, who you, who you, who the fuck are you working for? Like, I've tried to come up. I thought in my head about different excuses for you. None of them work. And she says, like, eh, not, just, not America. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Not, and, not, not America. Yeah. No, no. he's like, you know, she said, you knew, you know, I would never do anything to betray this country. Right. So that's, that's true. Yeah. She's doing more that to not betray the country than he, he is. He yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. And, but then he just sort of he's like okay, yeah. and then he just slinks back into the shadows, <laughs> like like Homer going back into the shrub. The shrub, just <laughs> yeah. like all right, like I would. I, I told you I would not be satisfied with anything but the fullest truth for an answer. But uh, okay, I'll take your word. <laughs> this was all for not. And we haven't even talked about Will. Yeah, I found Will to be fucking hard to look at with his busted up eye. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't pretty no more. No, he's not. Not like I, I don't relate to him anymore because I'm better looking than <laughs> yeah. he is. Shame on him. <laughs> None of us should ever be better looking than Bradley Cooper. No, it's but here we are with our <laughs> with our faces fully intact. Sark wants to know what the circumference is, which is a thing that Jack just told him to lie about to right. to set up a meet. But that right? actually is a something that that we've seen in the show before. Yeah. Or yeah. we've seen a, a scale model. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. Yeah. Right? Which we don't know about yet. And uh, the guy who tortures Sydney in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to that guy. Uh, what Will- happened to him in the first? Didn't he die in the first episode? Didn't she like? Didn't she pull his teeth out? Yeah, it wasn't pleasant. Teeth for tot. Yeah. Will, he's got a dentist appointment. He'd pry his jaw open with forceps. I thought they're going to do something messed up. They're going to put like. <laughs> like pull his teeth out? They're going to put like rats in his mouth. Oh, okay. Like now we're talking. Yeah. Here's the show that I've been waiting for. So who's who's this guy? This guy looks familiar to you. I'm suspecting the Chinese dentist. Yeah, the actor. Uh, yeah, he does. I I, uh, I honestly can't say if it's now from the first episode of Alias or if it's from something else. It's from something else. Rick Young. He's a British actor. He's in like so much classic British television of the '60s and '70s. Really? He's in the Avengers, The Saint, Tomorrow People. Are you being served? Jason King, Blake Seven. He's in You Only Live Twice as a waiter or something. Playing a lot of waiters in 60s British television. You've seen Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. I have. Prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's the guy in Temple of Doom uh, where at the beginning at Club Obi-Wan when... Is it actually called Club Obi-Wan? Yeah. Oh, that's... Um, when uh, Indy is hiding behind the rolling gong, yeah, he's the guy with the uh, the Tommy gun. Oh, okay. Opening fire on him. He is Bruce Lee's father in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Played a uh, mousy tongue in Nixon. He's in Booty Call. This guy's in everything. That's where I yeah Booty Call. <laughs> he's in both the original and rebooted Hawaii Five O TV shows, which uh, I bet stings a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know who's, who's probably, like, ears are burning with jealousy right now? Go on. James Hong. I don't know. I think James Hong probably has a much nicer pair of slippers. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's probably 
doing pretty well for himself. He's like, oh, you're, you did waiter jobs? Like, yeah, I remember my 20s. James Hong looks at him and is like, I was in Sand Pebbles, motherfucker. <laughs> Nobody's heard of Sand Steve Pebbles. Steve fucking McQueen. It's an all right movie. Dr. Zhang doses Will with a special truth serum. No, 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 not yet. First, he removes the cavity, which I thought was very nice of him. That's right. He's like, you know, you got a cavity. Yeah, you got a cavity. I took care of that. Uh, let's talk about this, uh, some bridge work. He's like, listen, I don't know what anything is. It's like, tell us about the circumference. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. God. I don't know. I hate this. Do you always ask people to talk with a forceps in their mouth? And Dr. Cavity. He comes around to dosing him with a truth serum, uh, which causes paralysis in one in five people to which it's administered. Yeah, paralysis or other... He was, I thought he was very vague. He, he was. They're unpleasant side he, effects. He definitely said paralysis, though. Okay. I assume it leading up to death. Like paralysis. Most, like most things. No, but he also... What I thought was also like really not, like the nice fucked up torture touch was he did, he did the cavity thing, and then he did like the... You could hear like the bone crunching. Mm, yeah. He was pulling a tooth. Then he used the truth serum. Because if he has a truth serum, mm-hmm. you could have just used that. You yeah, know, from the get go, he was just torturing him for fun. That was pretty dark. Yeah, though I guess he uh, he said, "I'm supposed to keep you alive, but I'm not supposed to make you comfortable." Right, that's true. He was just following orders. Cut him, cut him some slack. I mean, how long has he been sitting in that chair? His butt's probably asleep. <laughs> I didn't even that's think about that for that alone. Yeah, but like, can I just like, like there was walk no padding. around it was just for like a minute? Wooding, yeah, wooding, wooden, wood. No padding. No, that, that's There's only wooding. wooding. Yeah. But then, Will, he gets his when he's uncuffed. He attacks the dentist. Says, one in five, you little bitch. Oh, do you think he was like uh <laughs> he had like a... Very non-PC for Will. Yeah. A little bitch. That's he, misogynist. But do you think he had uh, he, he, like, you know, like an acid flashback? He had like a, a meth flashback and was like, I had a oh, meth treatment for this. I that can would withstand, be awesome. I can withstand truth serum. There's meth in my blood now. That was pretty recently. I bet meth is still in his blood. Yeah. That could pro- be. Probably within 48 hours. Yeah. So that actually makes a lot of sense. He's still running. He's got at, meth muscles. Yeah, about the very most, probably 72-hour period from mm-hmm. when he was given that little meth cocktail. But back at his newspaper, his editor and his ah, his, and the, uh, his and the, mysteri- friend, <laughs> the mysterious English woman. Yeah. They're like, you know, we haven't heard from Will. I think we got to run that story. And then it's never... It's kind of like uh, the end of Watchmen. Yeah. It's like, are they going to publish uh, the journal? The journal? Yeah. Or what are they going to do? We're going to publish it on the A section. Like, stop the fucking presses. Is that what they say? Yeah, she said that. She's the like, A we'll pu- section. The A, she's like, we'll publish it in the A section. Yeah. Above I, the fold. Picture yeah. of some dumb fucking reporter <laughs> who's missing because that's what everyone cares about. Yeah. It's may LA. or may not have his stupid eye. It's LA. People don't read there. At the CIA, Vaughn has to admit to Greg Grunberg, Grunberg that he's having trust issues with Sydney. Yeah, because she doesn't, for once, pour out her fucking soul about being a spy to him. About being a bad spy who gets people killed. And he says, <laughs> uh, well, trust is a tricky thing. And Vaughn's like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? He's like, I don't know, it just is a tricky thing. Wasn't he uh, also kind of like, yeah, I know how trust is kind of fucked up. And uh, an insinuation of Vaughn breaking his trust. Yeah. Maybe overfed the dog or some shit. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was petty. Trusted you to feed my dog. Now it's, it's dead. So they they have a little powwow with Devlin and Bitter Beer Face, and they're like, we got to get Vaughn in here. We got to stick it to Vaughn. Yeah, because if he's like, Vaughn, if you're expressing doubt, then we have to trust that doubt and act on it. 
the CIA. It's like, listen, we're getting a lot of heat about uh, this 9-11 thing that happened a few months ago. We got to be uh, just a tad bit more proactive. The CIA, in reality, certainly, but even in this fictional world where the CIA is not totally evil, there's so much worse than SD6. <laughs> they're such dicks. Yeah. They're just like, they're weird, like, ashy nerds. They're just nerds with dry skin. There's a lot more, like, uh, I guess, careerism and, like, stepping on people to get ahead in the CIA than SD6. I, I mean, you could argue that Edward Poole manipulating you to kill a friend is kind of shitty careerism to get ahead. Yeah, but, but like, uh, at least he did it from a gazebo. Yeah, like he like had his phone servant bring his phone to him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, at this point, I'm rooting for SD6. Fuck it, at least sd 6 they got sex appeal. I don't like that open office one bit. I would take it over the weird low ceiling fluorescent lights kind of dystopia of the CIA office. The standard issue olive or like beige suit that you get with like the yellow pattern tie. SD6 has an open office plan, but it doesn't seem like people spend that much time at their desk. That's very true. They're either in a laboratory or in a private meeting or they're getting tortured. And very much at this point, I would want Arvin as a boss. Kill me though he may mm-hmm. versus I don't know how to use a pen in a time of crisis. Uh, yeah, like schlub from the CIA. It's like if Gary Marshall wasn't funny. Yeah, just it's like that's what Devlin is. He's just like useless. <laughs> yeah. How does uh, Spy Dad catch wind of Bitter Beerface being the mole? He uh, Bitter Beerface lets something slip about the circumference, and that's when he realized that his CIA clearance it, it wouldn't have. Um, he wouldn't be privy to that information. Ah. So right. I don't know. He doesn't like let. I don't think he lets that go right away. That he knows he's on to uh-huh. him, but oh man, he socks it to him. Yeah, but it's it's in a car, right? Yeah. So he has a vice grip in a car. No, no, no. He assaults him in the bitter beer face car from the back seat. Right. And then he takes him to his torture lounge. Okay. And yeah, we find out uh, bitter beer face. He works for Kazanow, who he calls the future. The f- yeah. Um, he's like, I, I can get you an in. They say that this uh, the circumference that it's held in in the Fusing district of Taipei. If you're from Taiwan, you know Taipei at all, please let me know if the Fusing district is a real thing because I don't think it is. You better call Taiwan. I think that J.J. Uh, Abrams in scripting this was just doing some he vaguely took artistic liberties. That's I think he did. He did some vaguely racist guesswork. <laughs> vaguely, fine. I think all guesswork is vaguely racist when it comes to naming cities in Asia. Yeah, or just looking at a resume and being like, "Hmm, why is this typed in the Chinese menu font?" Then <laughs> hmm. Jack shoots that fucking guy in the neck. <laughs> yeah, it's really. It's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I figured he would have uh, did some damage, yeah. but yeah, caught me by surprise. So with the ampule and the page secured, Jack and Sydney get to work. They spritz the page with the ampule, or it seems a little more involved than that. Yeah, the revealing process of the treatment of the page with the ampule. You know, Sydney's able to do it herself, so it can't be that. I was imagining like a National Archives restoration project. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Yeah, it's just a... I don't know, 500 or so year old document that they're just exposing to moisture. There can't be anything to worry about. We don't know what that's made of. That could be... uh, Vellum or sheep, sheep's bladder. That's what I was thinking. Some sort of disgusting animal skin. Yeah. Or it could be cloth paper, which it's way more durable than the pulp paper that we are common with. 
or papyrus. Ooh, papyrus. Then we see the circumference is the cat toy from the second episode. Yeah. So we're like, oh, okay. All right. Now it all ties together. Okay. J.J. Abrams knew what he was doing all along. Took their sweet time with it, but wrapped it up. I I guess you have 22 episodes. What the fuck? Make people wait. Yeah. They have so bads to sell suddenly susan had been canceled at this point so what else are watchers gonna do nothing yeah they're just waiting to die because <laughs> 9-11 yep. just happened yeah they fuck yeah vaughn goes to meet sydney at the train station he doesn't go to meet no he, he goes to look for her yeah finds her at the train station because she has all these weird hidey holes all over los angeles looked apparently for you at that philippe's and then i looked for you at the dog park but the dog park was close yeah he says a bunch of bullshit and he, he talks about this weird edible connection that he has with sydney like you know you remind me a lot of my dad sometimes yeah it's very like, heavy yeah same cheekbones yeah great abs go on <laughs> for a second i thought oh wait why is vaughn going to taipei and i was like well because they flushed the mole out yeah jack it's- brought him in like he knows who the mole is Vaughn's probably cool. We can we can do this. Yeah. So with that, they're all going to Taipei. That's fun. Yeah. It's a very quick plane ride, seemingly. <laughs> yeah. It's dark well, all the way there. Is there not a time limit where to get Vaughn? There was. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I forget. Twelve hours, twenty-four yeah, hours. Yeah. It was. It was a very finite amount of time. Yeah. Um, but was it light in Los Angeles at any point? It was during the day at Sydney's apartment. I thought it was dark when Sydney was at the train station. I thought so. it was so. still like bustling. And then you're like, it's a fucking train station in L.A. It's not going to be bustling <laughs> like at night. But no, I'm trying to think, is there any, is it light at any point? I think just in her apartment. Yeah. When she's talking to Francie. Maybe during... At the newspaper? Yeah, and at the CIA at some point. I feel like the CIA scenes were all indoors. Indoors, but I'm assuming they work. That's like true. Nine they probably six, yeah. don't work overnight. Yeah, because they're they're an actual government agency, so they know it's what they're five want. p.m. Getting the fuck out. Yeah, Arvin's wife forgives him for transgressions unknown. Yeah, and he's like, lying. Yeah, but it's De- a deceit. pretty it's a pretty minor lie as, <laughs> as far as she knows. As far as marriages go, yeah, deceits like up there with what what's going to happen eventually. Well, it's like saying, look, you look. I know that I said I worked for Microsoft. But what I actually do is I work for Oracle. I work <laughs> And you're like, no, that makes a huge difference. I work for McAfee Antivirus. Yeah, forgive him. I don't know. It could have been like I misspoke and I didn't want to look like an asshole 30 years ago. Mm. It seems pretty minor to me as far as these things go. In Taipei, finally, we make it to Taipei. It's time to rescue this hard body twink. <laughs> he's Will Tippin. Hard body, soft face at this point. Yeah, he's all fucked up. They go to this matrixy gothy fetish club for some reason, I guess, just to put them in those clothes. What is the fucking reason for that alias for that outfit? And it was like the I guess I get the uh, what's it called? The circumference device or whatever mm-hmm. uh, is down there. It's like the cover of the area. The, right. It's like, oh, it's a club. And under a, it is a like coat would have done. Yeah. It's not like, well, Sydney looks too wholesome to be in a place like this. Does every club she go, goes to, like the, the dress code is Matrix? I think at the time, yes. <laughs> in, uh, in 2002, the dress code at every club was Matrix. Yeah, you know, you're right. Matrix is like, holy shit, this is great. Did this you? Everyone should dress. Did you watch this on Netflix or did you buy it? Netflix. Okay. Because uh, I'm hearing this music and I'm like, there's no way 
this is the original music. They had to replace it. My first thought was like, well, the original music was probably, uh, you know, Juke Joint Jezebel by KMFDM or something like that. That sounds like the kind of thing that would be playing at a club like this. Yeah. And then I saw that among the music credits, Music Response by the Chemical Brothers, which is the uh, the one that sounds like an angry telephone attacking someone, and Super Moves by Overseer, which you would also know if you heard it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm no idea. No idea when uh, each of those was used. Okay, so we're just assuming they were replaced at some point. But the Natalie Merchant song was kept in. Right. So they secured that. Yeah. Got them rights. Yeah. But the uh, Chemical Brothers and Overseer, I guess not. It's a very interesting uh, way that we're approaching this, where we're like, well, we assume that everybody who's listening along to this doesn't want to spend any money either. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm paying for those songs. Yeah. So I feel the need slightly to apologize for uh, a more, I don't know, uh, well-heeled is not the word. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, uh, uh, curated, maintained, what are you talking about? Our listeners who are, I don't know, maybe live a lifestyle such where they can just buy DVD sets. Where they're just like an, an alias podcast. I'm fucking buying all the seasons on yeah. Amazon. Which, uh, that's a lot of pressure. But... <laughs> Don't worry. I'm just going to crack under it. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. It feels like, well, we're doing like the Dirtbag Alias podcast. The dir- oh, the free to watch Alias podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's $8 a month or whatever the hell Netflix is, but uh, I- I'm assuming no one is currently listening or that ever would listen to this podcast is number one, stumbling upon the podcast. And then number two saying, shit, I- this is awesome. I need to catch up on what the fuck these guys are talking about. It's only on Netflix. Well, here's eight dollars for the rest of my life. I'm I'm in. They're watching fucking Orange Is the New Black on Netflix right now. So, what are you saying that people listening to this aren't watching it on Netflix? I'm saying that no one is hearing the podcast and then saying I need to go out and get a Netflix account so that I can follow along with the podcast. Oh, well, no. I mean, everybody has a Netflix account anyway. Yeah, or their uncles or brothers or that, fathers. That counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like for some people, they're sitting on these. It's like people, you know, old fans, they might have uh, the set on, they might have the series on DVD. But if I had that, one, I would still watch it on Netflix (laughs) because it's a pain in the ass to put in DVDs. It's horrible. And two, it's... I'm uh, never going back to that fucking feudal, like, medieval bullshit. Yeah, primitive bullshit. Yeah. You're going to rub two sticks together to keep warm? Jeez fucking... No. Like, what? There's only, like, three episodes on this fucking disc. I got to get up in two minutes? Oh, fuck this. And it's not in HD like it is on Netflix. Looks very nice on Netflix for the most part. (laughs) Except when it doesn't. Yeah. But hey. Yeah. So Sydney finds the Rambaldi thing. It's just a big red ball. Yeah. Like the sphere from the movie Sphere. Yeah. Only uh, red. red. Yeah. So they just took that fucking graphic. Like, yeah, make the gold thing red. Boom. And it blows up and just kind of disappears. Turns into water. And it's full of more water than... The volume of the original sphere? Maybe. Well, because she's like, I'm going to be swimming out of here. And you're like, okay, it's a big ball. But it doesn't seem like it should fill the rest of the halls of this building. It's yeah. not that much water. It would have to, wouldn't it not have to fill that room first before? That's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So unless this thing is actually. Well, that's not true. It would, it could pour Like out. a wormhole to a lot more water. Yeah. Or something like that. Which <laughs> it could be. It's a stupid show. Yeah. I don't want to rule anything out. 
It, yeah, it could be, uh, what's his name? Ramboli had like an idea about how to generate infinite water. Yeah. Some crazy Which, uh, shit. I don't know. Is that a thing that uh, Italians are worried about? Well, he foresaw the future. He for, he foresaw... He read uh, Dune. He read Dune. He was like, I'm getting... This got... is fucked up, guys. But no, he has like the drawing of Sydney or Sydney-esque woman. So he... Could be her mother. Yeah, and the CIA, I guess, had a whole fucking division of people that were devout to his prophecies so like yeah maybe he knows uh water is going to be important so they're being chased by all this water weird and entirely unnecessary because it doesn't make any sense all it really did was i guess you're left wondering whether or not vaughn lives yeah but you could have done that a lot of ways on a network television budget where it would have been just as, if not more, suspenseful and would have had more effective special effects. Uh, the Abyss had a lot of those sequences with, like, hallways flooding. But like, those were good. Yeah, but because there wasn't, like, people running from a wall. It was just, like, the thing was... Also uh, Like, Titanic. water pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, the thing is you're fighting the water pressure mm-hmm. to try to get a door open. Which doesn't like seem to be an filling. issue on this. Yeah, it was like the door closed up on its own. Yeah. Like when Vaughn is hit with this big wall of water, he's just like, oh, like it doesn't totally sweep him off his feet. Which yeah, I, I or like would have done. just crush him into that. Uh, like how many pounds of pressure of water is that pushing you into a solid object? That would crush you. Yeah. It's like a million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. All the pounds. And what Sydney's on the other side of the store. Just trying to feebly uh, break him through, break out, break the glass with a fire extinguisher. But she can't do it because she's so stupid. Yeah. Just gets men killed. Didn't even do the courtesy of sleeping with this guy like all the other men that she's had <laughs> killed. Kazanaw shows up. Or one of Kazanaw's thugs. Yeah. Shoots her, knocks her out. What happens there? I kind of yeah. missed that. She's just on the floor. And then uh, she, she comes wakes to. up in a chair. Kazanaw's there. He's like, oh, you should eat something. some soup. Is some it? borscht. I thought it was like, it looked like a, a steaming piece of watermelon. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's the most fucking Eastern European <laughs> thing to offer someone a steamed watermelon yeah it's like uh, well you what you eat watermelon cold here it's hot it's yeah. nice right eat it you're hungry it's overripe it's nice and sw- soft and squishy and then he says look i'm not the man <laughs> sydney hey, sydney i'm not the man do i look like the man i'm eating a hot watermelon what kind of a man would eat this then the real man comes in it's arena derevko uh, also known as Elias mom. Yeah, I forget. Uh, <laughs> I forget Mrs. Bristow's name. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, what was it? I don't remember. Fuck. Elizabeth. Um, Li- no. Janice. Sh- Jan- Janet? Sharon? Sharon. Uh, I, I think we just go with Elias mom. We just go with Elias. We call Sydney Elias. We call Jack Elias dad. We call you Elias something until we learn your name. Yeah. There's well, Will Tippin, Elias friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Francie's alias roommate. Yeah, dwarf alias. Um, Alan on Bob Balaban, but the Arvin is great. I like Arvin. The more we watch the show, the more I love Arvin. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, in one season, I he's think he's one of the good ones. Well, he's just one of the great TV villains. I Vill- think so I, I, far. Yeah, vil- I wouldn't call him. I don't know. Vil- would you say villain? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like he's a complicated villain, but a villain. Yeah, I think the complicated part of it. He generates a lot more empathy than any almost any other person on the show. Yeah, because Sydney that's... is just getting like she seems to be dull to the the fact that like the whole like her whole misery and all the pain she's experiencing are because of her like failures as a spy. Yeah, but that's such as youth. Arvin has the uh, the upper hand in being 
older, wiser, knows how to handle uh, a fucking uh, job negotiation. <laughs> oh, uh, he puts some pill in his uh, wife's drink, right? That's what we see? Uh, that dinner they're having? Yeah, no, we, we talked about that. That uh, he probably poisons her. He puts a thing in her drink. Yeah. That seems like poison. Did we talked about that? Yeah, you mentioned it. No, I didn't. You did. When did I mention that? When we were talking about it. I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, when she forgives him, and he's like, great, and then he puts a thing in her wine. Oh, I see. I think you mentioned uh, she forgives him, but I think we talked more about the fact that... No, you definitely mentioned it. You were, you were like, maybe he poisoned her, maybe he didn't. All right. You're on top of things. Okay. You're very good at talking about Alias. You should be at this point. Yeah, what was that pill? It just came like in a very familiar to us kind of foil tinfoil uh thing i don't know it didn't even fizz or anything i was like oh maybe he just gave her a sedative i don't know so yeah but i don't know it looks like well it looked like the choice was <laughs> if you want this job you have to kill your wife and uh he, he kind of chose the job <laughs> yeah as far yeah. as we know so maybe he is a less empathetic villain so uh that's it for this uh ridiculous the season wrap-up will will mantis dixon uh, I bet he's got a thorn in his side. I bet he doesn't slink away quite so easily. No. What else? I feel like any loose end is not going to wrap up in the way that you would expect it to wrap up. Probably not. I that think seems... Vaughn's still alive. I'm positive Vaughn is still alive. Uh, I'm sure that Arvin didn't kill his wife. Uh, I'm sure that Dixon won't just slink away into the darkness. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with, with Will in the newspaper. Uh, maybe they'll maybe the I think they'll have to like race to like uh, withdraw the story or, you know, he'll come back. He'll have to lose face somehow. Mm. Like he'll have to admit to lying and to making things up. So it gets pulled and he'll be disgraced. But, you know, he won't he, be able to be a journalist, but maybe he could be he could some st- kind of spy with a fucked up face. Yeah, he could still be alive, yeah. which is uh, you, can, you can't say that about Sydney's fiance. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't want to speculate yeah. because it's too dumb. It's too, yeah. Anything that we could prognosticate through logic uh-huh. and reasoning and understanding means Worthless. fucking nothing to this Worthless. show. Worthless. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. There is uh, some woman that I see like in the previews, not previews, but like just in like the still images mm-hmm. of the show. I'm like, who's who's she? When is she going to? Oh. Doesn't look like her mom. No. Looks like a colleague. That's interesting. Well, who's she going to be? What's she going to do? Huh. When are we going to find out? I don't flip around the uh, the thumbnails for future episodes. Well, I, I I'm, not, I'm not trying to spoil myself. I neither so. do I, but it just pops up. Netflix puts some shit up there. And I guess it's not really a spoiler. It's just like a cast. Uh-huh. But for a show where people die, showing like the current cast is a spoiler, which, I, uh, you know. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, yeah. Where's Dwarf Hands? Yeah. Why is nobody talking about Dwarf Hands? Where's Mantis Dixon? Uh, uh, filming Mantis? I think not. He's not. It was canceled years ago. Yeah. Get real, Get Mantis me. Dixon. <laughs> Good first season. Yeah. Ridiculous. I like that it's a show. I mean, it's how I am with everything. But I like that there's no weird sort of like, well, what's going to happen next kind of pressure. Uh, I think there is or there's meant to be. I think she knows her. She's met her mom. That's like the payoff. And it's not a cliffhanger. This it's, isn't like. It's season. how she met her mother. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, that's out of the way. Yeah. It's not like uh like season three or four of Star Trek Next Generation where like every like season... Oh now it's good. Well they, uh, yes, but also like every season ended with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh like the story of how she has met her mother who's a spy is gonna continue. What's Jack gonna do? He's gonna be pissed. 
I bet hey. he's going to start drinking a lot. He's just swallowing Jack Daniels. Yeah, he's going to have to pretend like he's into her. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. All right. So uh, we <laughs> Till are next time. Yeah. Till we're season two. Add us on Twitter at Final yeah. Frontiers. Tweet at us. Give us complaints. Troll. Let us. Uh, Grief us. Give us some suggestions for what you would like uh, for season two of both of Alias and of Final Frontiers. Yeah. What do you want to hear us incorporate? What do you uh, What do you feel like we're not discussing? It's been very one sided just by the nature of how this is recorded <laughs> yeah. and deployed. Uh, that's our fault, not yours. But I would like to have more of a dialogue. We got people listening in weird places. Yeah. Uh, we've got people adding us from weird places. Tops of refrigerators. Yeah. Uh, Old Scantron machines. Uh, sex dungeons. That's not weird. No, like not like a BDSM dungeon, like a Fritzel dungeon. Fritzel? Yeah, you know, the good Austrian guy who kept his... Fr- anyway, uh, okay. that kind of dungeon. If you need help, let us know. We can contact the proper authorities. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're good for uh, all these things. Very capable. We know Ashton Kuncher. We'll let him know. Get yeah. you out of that sex dungeon. Kelso. He's good for that. He can get you out of the dungeon and he can wonder where uh, your car is. <laughs> He'll find it eventually. Does he? I think with the help of Fabio, yes. That's a weird movie. Yeah. All right, so until next time, at Final Frontiers on Twitter, finalfrontierspod at gmail.com. I'm Matthew. And this is Mitchell. And we will see you next season. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. Just a reminder that when we recorded this episode, we were called Final Frontiers. Now we're called... Here come the warm gents. Bit of a mouthful, but that's okay. Uh, So bear with us. Thanks for listening, and uh, have fun.